0: with you, Susan Rosen.
1: Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan, and my guest today is Dr. Paul Kolodzik. I think I got that right. Okay. (laughs) And can I just call you Paul?
2: Yes. Yeah, you can call me (laughs) anything. Well,
1: no, we won't go that far.
2: But um,
1: (laughs) And... Paul has been working with um, a lot of people around weight and losing weight and diabetes and all of this. And I'm going to let him give us his little history and um, and what he's working on now. So welcome, Paul. Good to have you here.
2: All right. Thank you very much. Um, so uh I have a metabolic health practice in Ohio. People ask what metabolic health is, and it's basically maintaining optimal weight, waist circumference, blood pressure, cholesterol, et cetera. And that's an issue a lot of middle-aged Americans struggle with. Um, my background is 25 years in the emergency department as an emergency physician. So basically, um, you you know, what gets all the press in the emergency department is the, you know, the gunshot gunshot wounds and the overdoses and all that type of stuff. But the bread and butter for emergency physicians is the vascular disease we see, the congestive heart failure, the heart attacks, the strokes, the kidney disease, the peripheral vascular disease. Um, and after many years taking care of those problems in the emergency department, I tried. Uh, I decided I wanted to try and get out in front of that uh, about eight years ago. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of trying to prevent it, and and that grew out of a philosophy of me believing that that by keeping your blood sugar low and your weight under control, you can control a vast majority of those potential medical problems. So, I've put my metabolic health practice together, Metabolic MDs, just like it sounds, metabolicmds.com in Ohio. And I'm now treating patients uh, either in Ohio in my offices or in Ohio, Indiana, Florida, or Arizona, helping people lose weight, reverse metabolic disease, reverse prediabetes, improve hypertension, et cetera. And as you and I talk about, I've got kind of a unique approach to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is a great intro. So why don't you tell us about your unique approach?
2: Okay. (laughs) So uh, I believe in the use of continuous glucose monitors. the, The term that's used for those is CGMs. And those are the devices that you've seen on the back of the arms of diabetics. And diabetics have been using these devices for about 15 years Um, for the purposes of monitoring their blood glucose and often knowing how much insulin to administer. Hmm. Um, But these are tremendously valuable devices to be used in non-diabetics and pre-diabetics as well. And the reason that I believe they're so valuable after using them over the course of the last five to seven years is that people can use them to evaluate what's going on with their blood sugar 24-7. You get it 24-7, real-time readout of your blood glucose using these devices. Um, And that can help guide your diet in in terms of a low-carb approach. Um, And I've just had a lot of success with helping people lose 25, 40, 60, even more pounds. Um, And and more importantly than that, um, helping them get healthier. People reverse Mm -hmm. prediabetes, reduce insulin requirements if they're diabetic, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And it makes life a lot easier when you're not carrying all that weight around.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the the excess weight, again, over 30 years in the emergency department, what I've learned is is that what leads to the greatest number of health problems is excess weight and high blood glucose. And Mm -hmm. and, and can I I go through the physiology of this a little bit? Sure. weed Sure,
1: that'd be interesting. Yeah,
2: so yeah, you're talking to,
1: to that, a ho- to a geek on on
2: all this all kind right. of stuff. So good. <laughs> That's good. why I
1: do this podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do a good job of it. I've listened to it. Oh, thank, you. Oh, so, thank you. So, so the historical um, issue here is that that um, we were all told in the 1980s that fat was evil; that we had to reduce our fat intake at all costs. The food pyramid came out. Um, And we were told um, that that we just needed to eat heart healthy foods with no fat, which basically translated means carbs. We needed to eat a lot more carbs and we needed to avoid fat. We hadn't eaten that way for generations in in the U.S. And and even if you want to go back thousands of years. Mm. And so literally for the first time in history, nearly overnight, the American diet went from 50 percent fat. 25% 25% carbs and 25% protein to uh, 50% carbs, 25% fat and 25% protein. And I believe uh, it's unmistakable that that's when the epidemics of diabetes and obesity took off in this country. If you follow the curves from the early 1980s, uh-huh. on, it's a direct result of the food habits. And then of, of course, You know, I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist, but but, you know, the food processors kind of jumped on the bandwagon of, you know, the least expensive food to make is seed oils, which is the worst kind of oils, corn oil and soybean oil, sugar and refined flour, high carb foods. And and so uh, we we went and followed the food Um, pyramid and we started eating processed foods. And the rest is history such that now 60% of middle-aged Americans are overweight. And so my my goal in life is to help people address that excess weight and the metado- metabolic disease that inevitably comes with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um yeah. That is kind of interesting because what, what comes to mind is then, because as I told you when we were talking beforehand, I, mean, I was, I was a fat little kid um, and a fat teenager and a fat undergraduate, and then lost weight. <laughs> Thank God. But um is, you know, like Weight Watchers. I mean, my mother took me to Weight Watchers.
2: Yeah. Right. So yeah, so this, this is, this is my opinion. And I'm, I'm going to go back to the physiology mm-hmm. a little bit. And then I'll explain why well, they have changed.
1: I, they've changed as
2: well. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, they, they've, they have changed a little bit because they followed a lower carb approach. That's how they've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the physiology is this, is that, is that when you eat, and I'm not saying carbohydrates are evil, but they really need to be, I think limited in the diet. Interesting side. They have a place, they have a place, but it doesn't have to be the main. It doesn't, it shouldn't be 50% of our diet. I think it should be more like 15 to 20% of our diet. Um and an interesting side fact is you, uh, you, you need protein to live the The three macronutrients are protein fat and carbohydrates. Everything we eat falls into those categories. You need protein and you need fat, but you actually can live without any carbs at all so but but the physiology is what when you eat carbohydrates, whether it's a simple carbohydrate, which is a sugar or a complex carbohydrate like we think of with bread or rice or pasta mm. or whatever, mm. as soon as it gets absorbed in your gut, it becomes sugar, it becomes blood glucose. And, and that's just the way it is. And historically what has happened now is that, that Americans blood glucose has risen. That's why we have such a high percentage of diabetes and pre-diabetes in the country. Uh-huh. And when that mm-hmm. blood sugar rises, um, that then the organ's, Try and take that in. I'm not going to try and get too technical here, but the pancreas releases insulin, uh, Mm -hmm. essential organ, organ releasing an essential hormone. And the insulin is kind of the key in the lock to allow that blood glucose into your cells. And when I say cells, I'm going to ask you to think muscles in general, because it's Mm. one of the largest organs we have. But after a while, those muscles, if the blood sugar has been high for a while, that blood sugar... Um, It is not needed anymore by by those Mm -hmm. organs. And Mm -hmm. and so those organs say, insulin, we aren't going to listen to you anymore. We don't need any more energy. We've got all the blood glucose complex, blood glucose molecules in our organs that we need. Um, We're going to resist you, insulin. So basically, Mm -hmm. that's what insulin resistance is. It's the organ saying they aren't going to listen to the insulin. Well, the pancreas doesn't get the message. And the pancreas just keeps kicking out insulin, and insulin levels get higher and higher. And that's really what happens in the context of insulin resistance. Um, And then, unfortunately, what happens, and the reason for most of the obesity and overweight in America is that extra blood glucose has to go somewhere. It just can't keep rising, and the organs are not accepting it because they're resisting insulin. So Mm -hmm. it goes to the liver and it gets converted to fat. Oh, yeah, that's if you've heard the term fatty liver disease. Fatty liver, yeah, fatty liver yeah. And then that extra fat gets deposited around the middle, and so that the reason, in essence, for Americans' overweight problems now is excess of carbs since the food pyramid came out in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And so what what I do with my patients is use the continuous glucose monitors, again, in non-diabetics and sometimes Uh pre-diabetics, and we use this as a roadmap for their low-carb diets because we reverse that process. We bring the blood glucose down, and if we bring the blood glucose down, after a while, those organs, again, let's say the muscles, are looking around saying, hey, we need energy here. Where's the blood glucose? But but you've limited your carb intake. So there's less blood glucose around. And so what happens? Those muscles say, we, we still need energy here. And what do they do? Oh, they look down at the middle and they say, there's a source of energy. And that's that fat around the middle that we have. and And so those fatty acids start getting broken down as a source of energy. And that's how you effectively lose weight on a low carb diet. Now, if you get in a very aggressive low carb diet, uh, you get into the keto range everybody's right. heard of yep. the keto yep. diet and they done done thank
1: you
2: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> ketones are a breakdown product yeah, my patients most of my patients don't go all the way to keto we just focus on low carb um but um but ketones are a breakdown product uh, mm-hmm. if i can the, the simplest way to think about this and i use this analogy with my patients is think about the bear before the winter time the bear is out in the fall and it's foraging for berries and roots. And it really, what it's doing is searching for carbs. And it's driving that blood glucose up. And those organs inside the bear are saying, we've got plenty of blood glucose. We don't need any more. So this thing, same thing happens. The extra blood glucose goes to liver, gets converted to mm-hmm. fat. And the bear fattens up around the middle. Well, the, the bear goes and sleeps for four or five months. And it lives off the fatty acids we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um but we don't do that. We we you know, most Americans <laughs> have committed our fingertips twenty four seven. So we just we just yeah. keep eating. So what I'm trying to do is kind of emulate the bear that burns all those fatty acids over the winter and, and then comes out in the springtime thinner. And that's mm-hmm. what we do with our patients using the continuous glucose monitors. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think the other the other point in there as well, right? is that the other part of leading a healthy life is to do something physical. Absolutely. Exercise whatever yeah. it happens to be, which which, if you want to look back at the bear, that's, you know, he fattens mm-hmm. himself up because he's not going to be doing anything. Right. He needs something to, to live off of, but then mm. he goes out and he exercises and kills, kills other things and eats them or whatever that happens to do and, and it all starts, starts over and again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. And
2: since you met your, mentioned exercise, let's talk about uh-huh.
1: that. Okay. okay.
2: Okay. So, um, I, it, my, my, my plan for my patients and again, all my patients are middle-aged kind of what is termed meta. A lot of my patients are what's termed metabolic syndrome. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah. Or, it, yeah. And again, it's the typical, Yeah. Overlay. you might want to
1: just, yeah, just, yeah. just kind of tell people that.
2: Overweight, increased waist circumference, um, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you, you know, kind of, the, you know, the typical middle-aged overweight American. Um, and so part of this insulin resistance issue, and we got to return to that for a second, in a second, but let mm-hmm. me make a point about exercise. Part of this insulin resistance issue is that it's critical to lower insulin resistance so you can lose weight. Well, A a very important approach to do that is to have adequate muscle mass. And the reason for that is if you have adequate muscle mass, then those insulin receptors on your muscles soak up more insulin and they soak up more blood glucose than they would otherwise. Okay. So I'm I'm kind of an outlier as as a metabolic health doc, because when people come in my office, there's two things I work with them on. First of all is we check their cholesterol And Mm -hmm. we look at the big picture. And for the vast majority, after testing their insulin, I do a fasting insulin test, which most stocks don't do. So Mm -hmm. I know my patient's exact level of insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So what we do then is put a program together that addresses that insulin resistance. And strength training is part of that. Okay. You just heard me talk about muscle mass. Very, very important for middle-aged people. Very, very important for middle-aged women because of the potential osteoporosis wow. issue as you get older.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and so my mom had that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and and, and yes. so I actually have a chapter in in the new book um uh-huh. that that is titled "Get Off the Gosh Darn Cardio Machines." People <laughs> like to go to gym and spend their time on the elliptical and you, you know the bikes yes. and the cardio machines. But where the money's at for most middle-aged Americans is increasing your muscle mass a little bit so that you go ahead and soak up more insulin and that's going to help you lose weight. So my program is a combination of a low carb diet, but the focus is Uh strength training. So you walk into my office and you're going to hear something different than you hear from your doctor. Most of the time. One is the first thing is you need to eat more fat and lower carbs. Okay. Uh it's Amazing how, how cholesterol levels and triglyceride levels don't go up when I do this after nearly a thousand patients. Um, So I I tell them to eat more fat. And the other thing I tell them is to spend less time doing cardiac workouts and spend more time in the weight room. So, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. a little bit of an outlier in terms of that, but over nearly a thousand patients now, it's worked great. And, and, and I think the rest of the world will come around. This is going to take some time because medicine changes very slowly.
1: That's true. That's very true. Especially with as much money as, is in there now.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is not a, let's prescribe you a statin approach. Okay. This is, let's look at the, the big picture if mm-hmm. I can mention you, you know basically we uh-huh. talked about weight loss and what the different approaches are. There's basically two approaches. One is um, the calorie restriction energy mm-hmm. in energy out model. and that's mm-hmm. basically you, you just need to eat fewer calories than you expend mm-hmm. and you'll lose weight. and that's true, okay mm-hmm. but I don't think that's sustainable for a lifetime. For most people it's not. Um, And I think the better model is the one that we're talking about, the insulin resistance model, Mm -hmm. in which, in in which basically you try and lower your carb intake, lower your level of insulin resistance and burn those fatty acids, just as we talked about. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. It is. um, Yeah, because we um, actually, my husband and I just ended up going back to the gym. Finally, Um, because both of our gyms, we went to different gyms and both of them closed during COVID, never to be reopened. Yeah. yeah. So then it was like, okay, now we got to find one. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do me a favor and spend more time on the weight machines than you do on the cardio machine.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, what I need to do is I need to learn how to walk. Yeah. And pick up my feet.
2: Yeah, walking is great too.
1: Because I've ended up no, no. I just I, I I'm much better, but I've I've taken a few not insignificant falls. Yeah, from not tough. picking up my feet.
2: Yeah. You know, and um, tripping. So I, and and I think muscle strength has a lot to do that. You know the, yes. the the phrase in the gym, the people, the thing that people kid each other about is don't skip leg day. You know, do your leg workouts, yeah. do your squats and lunges, yeah. and that's part of that.
1: Oh yeah, working in, yeah. You
2: know, working in the emergency department for thirty years, you know, I've seen a lot of people fall, and and some of that is just they don't have the leg strength to, if they stumble a little bit, to get their balance or just don't have leg strength. So, uh, leg strength yeah. is a big part of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I've been and I've been working on that because every time I fall, I lose whatever leg strength I had. You know, it's just like boom, gone.
2: Critical, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yes. In fact, I'm still getting over some of the scabs from the last one. But (laughs) um, oh, anyway, so I was thinking. I think the the other issue with going to a gym or whatever is that a lot of people just always do the same things. Period. Yeah. Whether it's the right things or the wrong things, yeah, they don't switch things up at yeah. all, and they don't want to pay. I'm saying this from my own personal experience, right? You don't necessarily want to pay for somebody. You're already paying for the gym. You don't want to pay,
2: pay uh, for somebody to yeah. coach you, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, and it 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 becomes this this um, you know round, round and round and round and round, and you're not getting off and doing the the other things.
2: Right. And we work on that with our patients. I work with a personal trainer, nutrition coach, and we set up rotating workouts um, so people can get Mm -hmm. there. Can I tell you a little bit about what I do with the new patient when they come in to see me? Sure.
1: That'd be great. Uh Uh-huh.
2: So my patients a lot of times self-select because they're a little bit overweight to begin with. They might have diabetes that runs in their family. They may be concerned about some metabolic health issues. So the first thing we do is bring them in for a couple of weeks and we measure their baseline studies. We see where their cholesterol is, but most importantly, we see what their insulin level is. And we calculate an exact level of insulin resistance on them. And then we put a continuous glucose monitor on their arm. And I say to people, don't change your diet. Just, you know, eat like you normally eat. I want to see where you live in terms of your blood glucose patterns. Um, And then they get to follow their blood glucose. Basically, uh, I should describe the CGM in more detail. Yeah. So it's a device that goes on the back of the arm. It puts a very tiny filament under the skin. The filament mm-hmm. equilibrates with the blood glucose in the capillaries in that area. And then the sensor on the back of the arm transmits that data data to a smartphone app. And so 24-7, you can see exactly what your blood glucose is. So we put this on, and a lot of times people that come to me because they want to lose 25 or 30 pounds all of a sudden realize their blood sugar is spiking to 180. They're pre-diabetic. Wow. They're yeah. spiking to 225. They're actually diabetic. And, and so as one patient put it to me, once you see those spikes on the CGM, mm-hmm. you, you can't unsee that. You, you know what some of the food you're eating is doing um, mm-hmm. to you. And, and it can be, it, and it has been, life-changing for a number of my patients. Good, Um And then they come back and we talk about their data, we talk about their level of insulin resistance, and we put a plan together, which includes uh, low-carb targets and getting adequate protein, of course.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We include
2: some intermittent fasting. Um, That's an important tool to lower insulin resistance as well. And then strength training as well. Um, and very occasionally later on with the patients, I'll use some of Yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard of the new FDA approved weight loss medications that have been in the press mm-hmm. lately, Ozambic and the like. But very occasionally I'll use those in patients that get a stall as well. But most mm-hmm. of the focus in, in my practice, and again, I see patients in Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and Arizona, um, it is to focus on lowering the carb intake, doing some fasting, lowering insulin resistance, increasing muscle mass, and, and it's really a very good program for people in terms of, you know, progress over a period of time. And, and mm-hmm. quite honestly, one of the reasons I'm doing this after spending years in the emergency department is it's very satisfying. I mean, when you see oh a teenager God, lose yeah. 70 pounds and their uh, family history is full of diabetes and you know that they have altered their life, or when you see somebody that that, you know, loses – 60 pounds and now can do activities with their family that they couldn't do it before. And you know, that they're and you know, their future health is going to be impacted by that. It's, it's very satisfying.
1: Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It is interesting too, because everybody's got like their own story of how they ended up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, the details, the overall where, how it, where you started and where you end up are, are similar right but the tr- the the trip yeah the is, journey is yeah the journey is so different for different people and it usually has something to do with your family
2: yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it, it is <laughs> and we 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 look at that because the you know the the approach I take there's gotta be some uh-huh. family in on this um yes. you know if they have if, to be supporting if, you yeah yeah. And it's very important. We have families come in and we just kind of talk about what the plan is. Most of my patients have their spouses, you, you know, or oh, or even good. teenagers join them in this effort. Yeah. Um, but but once the, the goal here is not a diet, the goal here is a lifestyle right. change. That's right. Yep. And, and, and when you're doing the things that we just talked about, you know, you're, you're limiting your carbs, you're doing some intermittent fasting, you're doing some strength training, th- then, mm-hmm. then that actually, th- there's, there's an evolution that takes place in people's minds. Um, it, you know, they don't think about looking at a dessert menu anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, once right. once maybe in a great while for a special occasion, but, but, um, you know, they don't think about the bread before dinner they just push it out of the way or say to the waitress no thank you because they feel so much better you know one one of the issues with blood glucose is not only that it's high but it's variability okay mm. because because what the typical thing is is you eat you, you eat a fair number of carbs your blood sugar spikes then your insulin gets released and then the insulin overshoots the mark and your blood sugar drops that's the infamous sugar crash that people experience. Okay. And, and it leads to fatigue and brain fog. And and once with this type of diet, using a CGM as a guide, what, once you level those curves out, so instead of going like this, you, your readers, or your listeners can't see me, but I'm waving my hand up and down. Um, well, some and, of
1: them can. I do post the okay. video. So there oh, you, you go. post
2: the video. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I'm glad you told me that um so 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 but once you even those out people Uh feel so much better um and and it really i mean it impacts energy significantly and then you know obviously um it 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 improves you know issues like high blood pressure symptoms of for example fatty liver disease which can cause abdominal Mm -hmm. pain gastroesophageal Mm -hmm. reflux people sleep better. I, I'm not saying it's a panacea. I'm not saying it's, you know, no. a magic approach, but I really think that, that, you know, people's lives can change by following uh, this kind of approach. And and when they evolve to a lifestyle change like this, they don't go bad because they feel so much better.
1: Yes. 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 And they usually can feel it when they're, when they've gone off it, you know, splurged or something or whatever it is and they'll go oh i'm not going to do that anymore
2: right right yeah um so i i outlined this i I gotta put a plug for the book in which i haven't done yet right so oh and and (laughs) since it's visible since people can see it this is it
0: ah
2: okay so it it's called the continuous glucose monitor revolution um Uh for for non-diabetics and again, because diabetics have used these devices for a long time, but non-diabetics have not. Um, and um, we, we kind of go through in the book, the early chapters or the whole history. It starts really with, you know, when you go in to see your doctor every year, a lot of time your doctor doesn't have time to address the types of issues that we're talking about right now. No kidding. By the or anything
1: providers. else for that matter. Yeah. Well, so, so I'll unless give you it's history. extreme.
2: Yeah, I'll give you a little history on that. So when I got out of medical school, it was still back in an era where doctors were just joining small private practices or even yeah. hanging out shingle on their own. You know, they were, yeah. you know, for lack of a business, uh, lack of a better term, they were the business owner. And and yeah. you know, I practice sometimes in some rural areas. And, and, you know, these, you know, docs were pillars in their community. They knew everybody. You, you know, Thank they man. delivered babies when they were young, and they mm-hmm. took care of the, the the same person when they were old. Yeah. Um. And um. And unfortunately, now, and and I'm not I'm not uh, slamming the primary care docs, but most of them now work for hospitals or health systems, or you know, worse yet, uh, groups owned by private equity. Um. And 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 it's like twenty minutes. You got 20 minutes for your annual, semi-annual appointment. And what do we have time to do during that period of time? Well, we have time to tweak your blood pressure medicine. You know, maybe maybe go ahead and say we need to add something for your high blood sugar, Um, you, you know. But we don't really have time to get to the root cause of the issue. So I actually go through that early in the book. Then we talk about a little bit about the macronutrients so people understand that. And then we get into the insulin resistance model so people understand how they can change that. Uh, And then the prescription part of the book comes through with, let's talk about what your low-carb target should be. Let's talk about what your protein targets should be. Let's see what an intermittent fasting plan might look like. Mm -hmm. Let's see what your workout plan should look like, again, with an emphasis on strength training over cardio. Um, And then I have some case scenarios in the book as well. Um, but it's been it, it's been very well received and and I think you know this kind of practice um, it is is a movement now. There's a number of metabolic health physicians across the country now. I got a good ah, friend in San Diego, sure from California. Got another uh-huh. good friend in New York, one down in North Carolina, um, wow. and um, practices like mine are are popping up, and people can get this kind of help. That can complement what their doctor does, but unfortunately, their doctor does not have the time and sometimes the expertise to address these. Right.
1: Issues. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, it kind of goes hand in hand, right? I mean, it's, I don't think it's necessarily because they don't want to, they just have shackles on them.
2: They're, they're, as far as how much
1: time and and yeah. their education and yeah.
2: Yeah, I got yeah. a lot of good friends that are primary care doctors. And they're they're frustrated mm-hmm. that they can't do mm-hmm. for their patients what they want to do. And I actually have a significant referral base from my practice. I mean, initially <laughs> initially when I was doing this, I was hearing from a couple of primary care docs like, What what are you doing over there? You know, and then their patients come back and they've lost 30 pounds and they're able to take them off their blood pressure medicine. Or, you you know, the the one that I really get a lot of, there's two things I really get a lot of satisfaction out. And that is Mm. diabetics that I'm able to completely get off their diabetic medicine. It doesn't mean they aren't diabetic anymore, Mm -hmm. but I actually have patients that we've got completely off their insulin and oral medicine. Wow. And then the other is pre-diabetics where you completely reverse pre-diabetes. Pre-diabetes is completely reversible, you know. The health system now looks at prediabetes as kind of oh we'll keep an eye on it you know we'll just kind of keep an eye on your yeah. blood sugar we'll see what it looks like next year. Yeah. But in my mind, when you're prediabetic, lights and sirens should be going off because yeah. that's when you can reverse it. You can get you means you already got insulin resistance. You can go ahead and reverse it completely so you mm-hmm. never go on to diabetes. Thirty percent of American adults right now are prediabetic. 30% oh. of American adults are pre-diabetic,
0: wow. and
2: half of those that are pre-diabetic don't know they're pre-diabetic. Um, I'm sure. It, it, and I see a lot of that in my office. Again, we we slapped the continuous glucose monitor on during the two-week trial, and uh, oh. and, and people are pre-diabetic, occasionally even diabetic, but pre-diabetic, and they have no idea. And once yeah. they see the curves on the CGM, once they understand what's yeah. really... No, oh, and they get motivated to change.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I don't think I don't remember anything about the about the being pre diabetic or anything like that when I was fat and yeah. younger. A lot yeah. younger. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. uh but that that was a long time ago too.
2: So. yeah it, but if you're overweight, yeah. You know, diabetes in your family there's a good chance you got insulin resistance going on
1: i don't actually that's what's so so funny yeah. not funny so you're, but...
2: you're, you're a thin person though.
1: now yes yeah now you are yeah for yeah. more years than i was fat yeah okay i was a kid i was a fat, yeah. kid. I was really well, a fat kid you yeah. addressed it. yeah good yeah oh yeah no absolutely absolutely but um yeah actually i'll tell you my my 22nd story is i went to I went to Cal to in Berkeley
0: yeah
1: and at that point Cal still had a hospital where they took care of all the students you know which they don't have anymore either yeah um and I had gone in um wonderful doctor I had hooked up with and she sat me down when I was in graduate school and said look at now's the time you got to lose the weight you don't lose the weight now you're going to be fighting it the rest of your life yeah and when? I said, okay, what do I need to do? And she gave me a diet to follow, you know, and it was, it was okay enough to, yeah. you know, it was just healthy. Right. It was learning yeah. good health stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about the 1970s.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's when a lot that,
1: different than, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So I'm glad you didn't follow the food pyramid completely. No, so.
1: no, there was no food pyramid at that point.
2: I think seventy-two is when it came out. It really get really.
1: Oh, I never saw 70s, it. I didn't see it 80s. until like the eighties. Yeah,
2: 80s. yeah. Well, I'm. I'm glad you didn't see it. Because, <laughs> I I, I have my patients follow the low carb food pyramid, which is basically it, the inverse of the real food pyramid.
1: Ah, okay.
2: yeah. So what, what I have them do is limit carbs and target mm-hmm. a given amount of protein. You know, like fifty grams of carbs or less a day. Maybe get a hundred or one hundred twenty-five grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. And then I actually don't track the fat. I mean, if somebody has a significant cholesterol issue, we'll look at it. But but I'll tell you, I, this is amazing. I put people on a low-carb, high-fat diet because low-carb diets have more fat. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And their cholesterol levels don't change significantly. They might go up a few points, down a few points. I'll tell you what changes is triglycerides. Triglycerides drop often like a rock on a low-carb diet. And that's counterintuitive. But the reason that happens is this, and that is that triglycerides are formed from the conversion of blood glucose to fat in the liver. That's when triglycerides are made. And if you're uh-huh. choking off that blood glucose, if you're lowering that blood glucose, then triglycerides go down. And I've had people had dramatic drops in triglycerides. Wow. Uh-huh. And the only people that I've had that have had significant increases in cholesterol are I've had a few people over the years that have come to me that are slender to begin with. Mm-hmm. Occasionally in slender people, you can see increases in cholesterol on a low-carb, high-fat diet. But there have been a couple recent studies that have come out that have looked at patients that have high body mass indexes, and they repeatedly show that there is no significant increase in cholesterol. If you have a high BMI to begin with, a uh-huh. low-carb, high-fat diet won't increase your cholesterol significantly. Um, now, if you're skinny, it, 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 it could. But again, yeah, Patients don't very often come to me, so
1: yeah, yeah, no, no, and that and that makes sense. Yeah, my um, my cholesterol is is kind of funny because the bad stuff is high, yeah. but the good stuff's higher.
2: Yeah, HDL. And yeah, that's yeah, great. and
1: and my doctor says that I'm not going to worry about it. You yeah, know? I mean, if it was just I the agree. bad stuff that was that was high. Yeah different story but
2: yeah if you've got a good hdl it's very protective of cardiovascular disease that's a good cholesterol yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. so but it but it is so funny because there's all these variations right
2: yeah there's all these variations and there's subunits you know ldl cholesterol which is the bad cholesterol has become become the enemy but there are different types of ldl cholesterol Ah. um and for many people they can have a high cholesterol, but they don't have the bad type of LDL. Um, okay. And so, you know, we, we really kind of had a mania here of cholesterol phobia over the course of the last yes, year. Yes.
1: The cholesterol years. police. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and you allude, alluded to this, you know, you know, who, who wins from uh-huh. that? Well, the pharmaceutical companies win from it because statins are one of the most. Yeah. And, and that's what the focus is. The focus is lowering LDL cholesterol. And for some people, that doesn't make a difference so mm-hmm. if, if if they have if they have the bad kind of ldl if they've had the subunits done yeah. it can make a difference but the majority of people don't have that so yeah
1: yeah 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 it's um yeah and unfortunately i think you know it there's this um one one size fits all kind of yeah. thing yeah. it's like if you check this off and check that off and give her give them this this uh, this right. pill. Yeah.
2: Right. Um,
1: yeah. Whether it's appropriate or not.
2: Yeah. And, and that's it. That's what my. So one of my favorite words in my practice is de-prescribing, ah. de-prescribing. I want to bring your blood pressure down with, it, you know, your diet and exercise and weight loss approach so we can de-prescribe your hypertensive medication. Or we we with diet we can have your cholesterol come down, so we can de-prescribe yeah. your statin. Or if you're diabetic, we can de-prescribe your insulin. So that's kind of my goal in life, and you know I've been very successful with a number of patients helping them achieve.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that the the other negative that has come out of all of this emphasis on cholesterol right? As being the worst yeah. thing. I and mean, that's all anybody tests for. And it's all anybody looks at um, is that there are other things. There are other things that can go wrong. And if you're not testing for those, particularly as, as we get older, yeah, they get missed until you can't do anything about them.
2: Well, well I'll tell you the biggest comparison there that I see in my practice and it's plain as mm-hmm. day is okay. Cholesterol, or insulin resistance level. I literally, you know, draw insulin levels on patients, Uh which most primary care docs don't do. And Mm -hmm. and if you draw a simultaneous insulin, fasting insulin level and fasting blood glucose, you can do a calculation because there's a relationship between the two. If your insulin's a little bit high, it should be pushing your blood glucose down. If your insulin's a little bit high and it's not doing that, then that means you have insulin resistance. So you plug those normals in, those numbers into a formula, The the technical name is HOMA-IR, H-O-M-A-I-R, which is homeostatic acronym for homeostatic model of insulin resistance. And it tells you exactly how much insulin resistance people have. And you mentioned we aren't paying attention sometimes to the things that we should be paying attention to. Uh People sometimes are focused on this cholesterol level of, you know, 205, which is verily elevated. And then their insulin resistance really is, I, I mean, it is the issue in terms of, the, of their overall health and longevity long-term. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and that's what really, for the majority of my patients, that's what needs to be focused on. Only only 20% of your cholesterol level is influenced by diet. 80% of your cholesterol is made in the liver to begin with. Only 20% is influenced by diet. Um, uh-huh. And so for most people the insulin resistance issue, which is one of the reasons they're overweight to begin with is mm-hmm. the.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, and where can people find you other than just your book?
2: Okay. So I'll, I'll make a couple I'll, plugs I'll put here, all that right? in the okay. show notes.
1: So okay. yeah.
2: All right. So, so the website for my practice is metabolicmds.com, metabolicmds.com. And I take care of patients in Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and Arizona. We do a lot of our work by telemedicine, and we can do everything, prescribe the CGMs, get the lab work done, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the book is The Continuous Glucose Monitor Revolution for Non-Diabetics, and it's on Amazon now. So if you just go to Amazon and, you know, look at, think Continuous Glucose Monitor and then add revolution, then you'll go uh-huh. ahead and the book. Um, I'm going to make a plug we're ha I'm having a zoom seminar on July 11th, especially uh-huh. interested in anybody in Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and Arizona attending to that. But you just go to, you can just go to the metabolic MDs website and sign up for that. And, and it's kind of some of what we've talked about here, but then, but we're going to leave plenty of time for questions and answers as part of that. Um, and then I actually, I got about, Fifty-eight thousand followers on—I don't—I don't know how you're going to look at this—but fifty-eight thousand followers on TikTok. Um, oh, with okay. More yeah. videos on metabolic—that's the new one. There, that's the new one, yeah. The, the craze, and, and that is it. At doctor md, so at dr.colo.md. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at doctor colo MD, so at dr k o uh, and then got a number of videos on my YouTube channel, which is at metabolic m d s
1: okay, okay, sounds good, sounds good, right. and we'll we'll put all of that or or a link to somewhere to, to, okay. <laughs> for people to find all of that.
2: I appreciate you doing um, that.
1: Probably, it's probably on your website. I would think all those things are on there, right? Yeah,
2: all that, all that stuff is on my website. If people get to metabolicmds.com, dot com, um, then yeah. you'll get all my information. Um, but I would appreciate you going to Amazon and having a look at the book as well. Yeah. But really, what we've talked about here is is all in the book, um, uh-huh. and you know, it, it's it, it really. I think this is, you know, I mean, I use the word revolution in the title, but it's a revolutionary approach that I think is going to become more common. I've had the satisfaction of helping change some people's lives over the course of the last few years. And I think um, people can change their lives by embracing this approach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there some kind of a metabolic doctor association? that's there, out there? there?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners. SMHP, okay? okay, based out of San Diego, actually, um, ah, and then okay. there's a second organization uh, called Low Carb USA, guy named Doug Reynolds runs it, he does a great huh. job, so if you're interested in learning more about um, this kind of approach to improving your health, go to, uh-huh. I think it's smhp.org, but Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners, uh, okay. or go to Low Carb USA, um, and there are links to all of that on my website as well.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, because, you know, not everybody lives in the states that you're, I,
2: I, that I you're understand. dealing with. You right know, I, I'm going to give you another plug, though. I actually have people that have, will so so the telemedicine rules are such yeah. that you, the person right. physically has to be in that state if you're going to take care of. It. So, yeah. like, I have people that live in Chicago that drive into Indiana, Indiana so that we can do their. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, it's sad. It's satisfying. And then when those people have big changes in their lives. Um, oh yeah. It's disease. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very satisfying. You know, we didn't yeah. talk about, but I will, and I won't talk to this too much, but it, you know, oh. when, when you, when you lose the weight and you lower your insulin resistance, you actually reverse a, can reverse a lot of the symptoms that go with that. Yeah. So example, a lot of people just have GERD, their gastroesophageal reflux disease. Yes. Reflux. Yes. You know, there's a belief, and I believe it's true, that the the reason that, for example, some people might have knee pain is not, you know, I mean the logical thought is, oh, you're carrying around all this excess weight, of course you're gonna have the knee pain. But a lot of that can be just be from directly having a high blood glucose because your cartilage gets what's called glycosylated. It gets glucose molecules attached to it. That causes okay. inflammation. So just bring down your glucose in and of itself can change a lot of the symptoms of these other, mm. you know, GERD, musculoskeletal pain, sleep apnea. We talked about the energy and the brain fog issues. And again, I'm not going to uh-huh. say yeah. this is a panacea, um, but but I think, again, I'm going to leave y- your listeners with this advice. After 30 years in the emergency department, if you can get your weight under control and you can get your blood glucose under control, you're going to head off a majority of those things that will bring you eventually to the emergency department.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then add on the strength training.
2: And, and you've pretty training. much covered you, you've got covered
1: that. everything you need.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good way for people to live. And I think more people are learning about it and it's going to be more popular going forward.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I totally agree. Okay, well let me let me say and this is going to oh this always sounds really funny when I had end up when I have a doctor on and I say this yeah. which is that neither of us are doctors which isn't exactly true but um <laughs> let me just also say that this is should not be seen as medical, medical advice. advice it's um, not, um you right. need to yeah. go out and talk to people having to do with what your own issues are Um, in order to to really work through some of these things and i'm sure you probably agree with that
2: as well i agree 100 percent with it yeah i can make general i can make general comments but everybody has a different situation
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly so thank you for being on and i will see everybody else next week